Welcome back to the Poker Podcast, where we get up close and personal with the biggest names in the game. I'm James Dempsey, and coming up in this episode, we have this. I wrote a couple of songs and poems. And of course, plenty more besides. I went on Tinder. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any episodes. It's great to be able to welcome, as our guest this week, German poker maestro, Philip Grusom. Oh, poker maestro. You are the, you are the maestro, much. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, hello. How are we doing, Phil? Good, good of you to join us. You, you all uh, rested, we're here in Sochi. I gather you have a day two later today. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but uh, every time I come here to Sochi, I feel good. Had a good start in the 1K Open event, and uh, day two is starting in about an hour, and uh, looking forward for that. And uh, so you say, obviously, you've been to Sochi a few times before. How did you find it? Awesome. Yeah, cool place. Uh, awesome nature. We're looking here at the big, tall mountains and uh, sunny weather. And uh, yeah, we're in the middle of, of the nature and uh, they put a nice casino in the middle. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's crazy. This is, this is my first time here and obviously we're here in the middle of the summer. It's crazy to think this place had the Winter Olympics. It just, it just seems too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it might be really nice in the winter to go skiing here. But uh, it's so green and sunny. It's yeah, it's quite unbelievable that they do Olympics here. Yeah. I was just looking. Obviously, just before we start, we saw some paragliding going out the window. Is that is that your plan for the rest of the week now? <laughs> Try and get you up there paragliding. Uh, yeah, paragliding, bungee jumping. You know, I have a new. I, I went on Tinder. You know, first time in my life. You know, and I uh, I have a new strategy. I say, okay, you are ready? To, you want to go bungee jumping? <laughs> So if they say yes, you know, we have a nice, we have a date, you know, if they say no, I'm not interested well, anymore, you know, what if, what nothing's going to come out of that anyways, you know, she's not ready to jump, it's not going to go, basically that's it's not going to go anywhere, you know, that's what you need from a first date, a girl is ready to jump off a bridge, yeah, okay, that's pretty strong, um, coming back to poker here, what are, what are your plans for the week? I guess you're playing the high rollers and... Yeah, I checked the schedule and it's like everyday action. I hope I can stay in a cool mind and a healthy body, but uh, it's going to be difficult with so many tournaments. Like uh, today is the day, day two of the 1K, tomorrow is the 50K, the day after is the 100K, and at the same time it's the main event. So <laughs> even if I'm out, I'm going to be playing again and again and rebuy. And this and that. So the next uh, couple of days is going to be a lot of playing. Wow. Okay. So well, it's interesting because obviously you're uh, someone who's, who's quite quite well known for managing your mind. You know, it's a big part of your game, right? Meditation and and yeah. stuff. So you feel that that's quite a big advantage, especially at events like this where it's just back to back to back action. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary. I couldn't do it otherwise. Um, I I don't know how 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 the other guys are doing it. You know. But uh, for me, it's absolutely necessary that I stay in a healthy, healthy mood, healthy mind, and otherwise I just don't play. And wow. uh, I think many top pros they forget just because they are good, you know, and better than the rest. If they're in a state, like they're not gonna win. Like it doesn't matter. So you have the you have the discipline if you're not feeling like that in that way. You don't feel like you're yeah. up to hundred percent. You just not you just don't play. Or yeah, you, exactly. You know, like. If you have the need to play, you know, and you get into like this gambling mindset and stuff, like it's very difficult to to do anything. Yeah. So uh, nowadays, after a lot of losing sessions when in a bad mood anyways, to begin with, I learned it took me 10 years <laughs> now, guys. <laughs> but try it out. Maybe one time you win a tournament. Learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I suppose uh, 
smart to do. And like you said, there are there are so many things that maybe if you miss one tournament, it's not the end of the world, right? There's yeah. Plenty of, it's like, yeah, there's always new tournaments and online and live, and there's always another one, you know? Just, you, you can't force in life everything, you know? So what, what were you doing uh, in the, in the build-up to Sochi? I was at the Korea Triton. I had a massive trip, so I'm almost uh, around the world again now. So <laughs> I went to Mexico during the WSOP to play, play online there. Had a great time and um, then flew from there all the way to Tokyo to visit uh, John Joanda there. Wow. Yeah. So he showed me around the crazy nightlife and uh, the sights and everything. And uh, yeah, from there it's not far to Korea where the Triton uh, tournaments were. And from there, I came right away to here. So I had a big trip uh, in front of me, yeah. <laughs> but I feel good this time. Like, sometimes when I travel so much and play at the same time, it's, it's very difficult. And at some point, I just want to go home and do nothing. But uh, now it's good. So obviously, you're saying, uh, you know, you've done a lot of traveling just in the last few months. It's obviously something you enjoy to do. Where's, where's your favorite place to go? Uh, probably where I just came from, from Mexico, Playa del Carmen, Tulum, this area. Uh, yeah, one of the nicest places on the planet to live or for vacation. Tulum, next city, next uh, town. Uh, yeah, highly recommended. If you guys want to play as well, you know, you can play the daytime, you know, perfect time zone. Right. Not far from the US and everything available and super safe. Don't listen to the media. <laughs> okay. They make you scared <laughs> for no reason. It's the Mexican coastline is safe. Yeah. Obviously, there are a lot of guys who've moved down there playing online poker, right? So it's yeah. a good community there, I understand. Yeah, there's a community, yeah, and uh, easy to connect. And, uh, yeah, good nightlife as well if you're, if you're into that, you know. And uh, everything you want. <laughs> <laughs> Mexico sounds, uh, that kind of atmosphere, probably not too dissimilar to what it's going to be like at Baja Mar, right, for the party yeah the climate is the same it's very close i'm gonna go before and after i also gonna go to mexico so yeah for me this climate is like perfect so i'm really looking forward to bahama new new resort as well to check out for me you know i've been so many times to the bahamas that uh yeah i kind of didn't go the last couple of years but now now it's something different and massive yeah. tournaments so yeah i mean you uh, must be looking forward to playing I guess the, not just the main, but the 25k. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 10 million guaranteed. Super big tournaments. And uh, yeah, now it's going to be interesting to see how, how the new resort is. Because they really, these big resorts, they they really get creative with all the like uh, slides and all these things, you know. And, so that's it. The yeah. tournaments are going to be good. The, <laughs> the slides is what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And your events, like, obviously between now and then, we of course have... Nottingham coming up on the party tour, but are there any other events that you've looked at and thinking you're looking forward to getting to, or is it from here back home? Yeah, I think from now I have enough and I'm going to just go home, rest a bit, and then go to the Nottingham uh, UK Millions from there, uh, yeah, back to Malta and then right away to Mexico and Bahama. You obviously, you know, people that know you live, you live in Malta, right? And that's something. Yeah. So how, how long have you lived there for? Uh, like two and a half years now. And that's yeah. just because you like the climate and stuff? And I yeah, guess the it's... climate is nice and warm. Yeah, but it's also good for company setups. You know, I've always planned to do things, you know, and uh, okay. all these things are quite easy. Good for cryptocurrency if you're into that. 
um, yeah, and everything is just easy, you know, like uh, nothing is so complicated like in Germany where you have to fill out like 25 million formula forms to get anything, you know. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because obviously definitely one of those people who seems to me like poker is only a means to an end. There's other things you want to do in life. There are other sort of business things you would like to do. I've tried a couple of things, but uh, haven't succeeded yet. So then I put them on ice. So I'm not working on anything particularly right now besides myself. You know, obviously, Reg Charity is perhaps the most impressive thing you've done to now. Uh, poker players are generally, I, in my experience, you know, they're, they're happy to be generous and stuff. But to actually launch this initiative, it was you and Igor, right, who, who yeah. got this off the ground. Um, yeah, me, Igor and Liv and uh, another guy from Switzerland who won the Aussie Million, Stefan Huber. We ran it up and uh, it was a really interesting experience and we're happy that we could help so many people. But uh, nowadays I'm really more in the background. Uh, they, uh, The guys uh, took over, Liv and Igor are doing a lot of work and, and taking care of things. So that automatically means I don't have to say too much, <laughs> you know. Uh, I would direct it also a little bit more in a different direction nowadays, you know. So uh, there's a possibility also that uh, there's something new coming also in the future, but okay. I don't know yet. But so obviously the it's a very interesting concept, and and it seems so obvious that the idea of reg again for for people who don't know that it, it's raising for effective giving, right? It's the it's the idea of doing the most good with the money. Like that was the kind of key principle. Yeah, just. Uh, Whenever you donate, uh, to think about like how can we impact the most people, or um, in general, if I want to do something good in the world, like how do I do it? You know, it's uh, something that people spend a lot of time with to figure that out. You know, it's uh, a lot of wasted money and energy when people just try to do things that, uh, yeah, have a very little impact and sometimes even a negative impact. You know. What's the best thing you felt you did when, when with Reg? I saw. I, I know you went off to Uganda, right, at one point, and yeah, and seeing the fruits of your labor, as it were, that's got to be pretty rewarding. Yeah, that was one of my favorite experiences in my life uh, to go down there and uh, see what the, what they are doing, you know, and uh, play with the kids, you know. I had like I bought like big big speakers and a soccer ball, you know, and came to the school, put the music on, put the ball there. The school was closed; they couldn't. <laughs> They couldn't do anything anymore, so we did like a party for like an hour at daytime, uh, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite trips of my whole life. Um, yeah, it's it's really a cool experience, you know. If you guys have a chance to go down there and to see that, uh, it will really change your mind, you know, and how how people are living and uh, how happy people are if if they're in good health. And right. it's really the only thing they need is good health, you know. They are fine with these conditions, you know, and, and all that, you know, um, with easy, easy things, yeah. But if they have food and they have health, that's all all they need, you know, for now. But the, the media is just health. Yeah, <laughs> and how many stupid things and beliefs we have that we need this and that and, you know, and that we spoil our kids, like, so much, you know, that they, in the end, are dysfunctional to do anything anymore, you know? <laughs> like, um, it's interesting to see. Coming back to poker, and we were talking there, obviously, before, about one of your strengths being your mind and your, your discipline. And is that, are, those, are those the most important things you think you need in poker? 
to be able to succeed? I think different things work at different times. There's times where discipline is really required and there's the times where you get to get away from discipline and uh, let it go and, and uh, try to get into effortless living. So the discipline has its limits. If you always need discipline to do things, it'll run out and you will have a problem. <laughs> so you're saying it should be, that those boundaries should be more natural. You should be, you should be comfortable doing what you're doing. You shouldn't have to do it because you're fighting against yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's kind of like a fight with yourself, discipline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, you said it really nice. Yeah. So that's okay for a certain time, but if you can't win, things are gonna go wrong. <laughs> you gotta stop, you know. So whenever I have a bad habit, you know, then I try to find the reason for it, why it's there, the emotional background, you know, and try to work on that and keep the bad habit, you know. But first, try to see where the bad habit is, the emotion. Mm. Work on that emotion. Then still, to stop it, you need a little discipline for like a week or two or whatever. Maybe some really bad habits, you need more, you know, you need to fight more. And then I see after a while, okay, did that stick to me? Is it now gone or not? And if it's not gone, I go back to it and to the bad habit and try to twitch some other things in my life first, you know, that make me feel better. And then I change five other things and maybe in a year I try again. So... With my nutrition, for example, it's like unbelievable healthy, you know, it's like super healthy, but I eat 100% what I like anytime, anywhere. Right, but you yeah. put yourself the the situation where that's all you want to eat, right? Yeah. So it's not a fight. Exactly, there's zero fighting, you know, and I wish that would be in other things. In other things, I still have some bad habits and, and so on. But in the end, the goal is to make it without discipline. So use your discipline wisely would be my... Uh, wow. It's quite opening, isn't it? And it, when you say it out loud, it's so commonsensical. It's, you should make it so that you want to do the things that are, are good <laughs> yeah. for you. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be fighting demons. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, yeah, I think I met a girl one time and she came up with the principle of the... R-O-E, R-O-E, okay, return yeah, like uh, the return of effort. So if you have to put like a huge effort for like a little gain, then don't do the fight, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, use your discipline wisely, yeah. That's fascinating, going back to the root cause and doing it. And that's interesting, of course, because in the game of poker, I include myself in this, like, there is a lot of inner turmoil, I think, when, you, yeah. when, when I play sometimes, especially if you're yeah. playing for a prolonged period of time. Right? Yeah. I always feel like if a... Uh, I get to, you know, say, for example, the World Series, you just had to get there the first week. I'm like, right, come on, I'm going to be so good. I'm going to do this. And then three weeks in, you just start yeah. to be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's what poker, like what's special about poker is this inner fight, you know. We are all sitting there and at some point fighting with ourselves, you know, and we're creating all these stories and stuff. And in the end, yeah, it should not be a fight, you know. And you see, that's why they say, like, if you love it, if you enjoy it, those people win. Yeah, there's mm. no fight. And know? I mean, that's true in almost every walk of life, right? People yeah. who feel... I mean, there's always a saying, if you if you love your job, you, you never do a day's work in your life. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the kind of concept is, if you want to be doing these things, then you're, you're going to do better. And you, like you say, you're not you're not having to convince yourself to do this stuff. It's interesting because I'm, I'm thinking of myself, <laughs> nutrition-wise, and you say that. I'm like, boy, I always have these fights with myself. Yeah. If I need to go back and look at the root rather than just being like, don't eat that. <laughs> yeah. Or like with the nutrition. I feel like people go too much 
for like okay now I go super healthy oh then they go for like three weeks super healthy and then ah no this doesn't work out okay back to so complete yeah you know just like okay try to maybe include like okay now you include like uh 20% more uh green vegetables this you then it's not much effort and then you see if it sticks you know this is how i became how I, how it worked for me you just know? a gradual build up yeah exactly you know see you add something and see if you like it after a while and with nutrition and with everything it changes after a while what you like you know so when all the people say, oh, I love the pasta. I could never live without the pasta. The Italians here. <laughs> here, Musta. Yeah. <laughs> I could never eat without, live without the pasta. <laughs> After three months not, not eating pasta, you won't even crave it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and how, on, on the topic of nutrition, sometimes, I guess an excuse a lot of people might use, you're probably going to tell me it's an excuse, but how do you find that? When you're traveling sometimes, is it always easy to stick to? Can you always find options that you feel are fine for you? Yeah, that's uh, for, for the nutrition I like. It's quite difficult to find it, you know. But also I'm flexible with that, you know. I'm not like a full-on vegetarian. If, if I'm hungry and there's no food, I eat a steak. <laughs> <laughs> Another question I want to ask you was about when you are traveling. It seems like you're pretty set when you're doing these things and you could say you, you manage to maintain nutrition. But is there anything in particular you miss from when you are home yeah basically at home everything is set up in a way how i like it from the food from the house from the chair that you work <laughs> on from the computer setup everything is set up in a way that i like it so it's quite uh, efficient and um very easy to accept the way that they are you know so <laughs> when you travel the things are not as you like it so what does it mean you don't accept the things how they are anyways you know so so it's not there's nothing in particular it didn't it didn't strike me that there would be something in particular with you but it's just that the convenience of everything being how yeah. you like it right yeah just everything so easy accessible and and ready to go yeah i did, I did notice something on your uh, on your instagram profile which i have to ask about <laughs> <laughs> is it true that you like to be a rapper or a poet yeah it's true it's true and i uh, since i since i posted that i also uh worked a little bit more on that i wrote a couple of songs and poems and uh yeah i also uh i, I wrote a little rap song i can't do it right now <laughs> downswing peters <laughs> as you guys know he's winning everything you know well so i was a bit jealous so he come to my table and i'm like every time you come to my table you seem to lose and i kept saying that for like a half a year and it and it, it, it got to his head. <laughs> and it got to his head and he kept losing. And then I bust him out in the tournament and wrote a, wrote a rap song about it. <laughs> and, and so uh, obviously you're not going to do that for us now, but when, when can we hear Dance Wing Peters? It's going to come out. When's, it's, when's, it's, when's the schedule release date? <laughs> I recorded it with Igor, but uh, yeah, the quality was not, uh, <laughs> not ready. Poems come like super easy for me. I can write like a song within like an hour or two hours. Just the rapping isn't at all, <laughs> at all my thing yet. You know, I like it, but it sounds... Uh, it's not too natural just yet. Yeah, it sounds uh, crazy, too ridiculous. So as aside from being a, uh, a poet or a rapper, what would, what would you do if, you, if, if poker ceased tomorrow? Where would Philbot head? Yeah, yeah, down that road and uh, Instagram, social media, a bit more. Uh, that is uh, interesting for me. 
some kind of like touching people with the things I've learned, you know, I've had a crazy intense life, you know, with so many uh, lessons for for any any situation. <laughs> I can kind of like uh, help people like very easily, very naturally when I hang out with them, you know, but uh, I want to take it to a bigger level maybe. You know? Right. So it's interesting because uh, that's how you kind of come across it. That's what it's more about. I mean, you're here to play poker and stuff, but you always are <laughs> interacting with people and that would yeah. be it. You'd want to continue to do that and make a difference to people maybe on a, on a and not necessarily a specific group of people. You just, you just want to go out and change the world <laughs> a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, you know, as many people as I can reach, you know, and uh, how intense I can reach them, you know, uh, how much I can influence someone, you know, like if I hang out with a person for a long time, the person becomes naturally like me or I become like that person, you sure. know, we kind of mix up, you know. So how can we bring that to like a digital world, you know, kind of that's very interesting for me. And <clears throat> I've tried it with like an app for psychology and all these things, you know, but I haven't found the magic trick the yet, you know, the GTO solution, <laughs> you know. So it'll be a... Uh... But but using using social media is obviously the way you can reach the most people. I guess is how you feel, right? Yeah, more like I don't want to teach and preach too much. You know, mm -hmm. uh, many people have tried to do that, and they can do it much better than me. You know, <laughs> and I mean also, and, and that does have a way of shutting some people off as well, right? They're close, people yeah. are close-minded, maybe. The way to open their mind is not to tell them that they're close-minded. Right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really work. Yeah, exactly. And all these spiritual teachings, like, uh, people have heard it, like, thousands of times, and it, it just doesn't go through, you know? So maybe it's easier if, like, people just see, see me living naturally and effortlessly and, you know, and uh, you've seen me how I deal with my struggles also, you know, because that's a big part, you know? that people never see, you know, like, they only hear, like, the spiritual teachers, which with them is everything is fine, you know, yeah. they already, like, they already got it, you know, <laughs> so how to get there, you know, maybe get them more motivated to just see how, how I try, you know. Coming back towards poker, what's the kind of the, the biggest appeal with poker for you? I think one of the major, like, forces in life in general is to grow into like a certain like knowledge, you know, into a knowledge of like, what is this life about? What is like the game of the human existence even, you know, if you want to call it like this, right, okay. you know, like this is a major driving force for everyone, you know, everyone wants to grow. They all have their different ways and think like, okay, I have to do this uh, business project or I have to find a right partner. But in the end, it's the same thing. Yeah, they want to grow. So poker is a fantastic game in that sense because it makes you grow so fast. I've seen so many people that have done changes with themselves like like mentally and then physically that you don't see in other walks of life. Like I've seen my people from hometown, they change, like everyone grows a little bit, it's a natural thing, you know. Yeah. But in poker people make jumps that you have not seen before. That what poker is in the deepest sense about. And uh Obviously, you these days are known because you play a lot of the high rollers and super high rollers in it, and you're in that kind of circuit, and it is a much smaller group of players. So how do you find that? Obviously, you're hanging out with, I guess, a lot of the same people all the time, both away from the table and at the table. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like a, kind of like a school class, you know, <laughs> with like super genius school class with crazy characters, you know, from all different walks of life and all different 
backgrounds and stories and uh, yeah it's 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 really cool you know I'm not hanging out that much with them though <laughs> I'm mainly playing against them but uh, yeah it's like a, a different atmosphere in the super high rollers you see the people are they're much more peaceful and laid back you know you see it in the high rollers it's more laid back which people don't expect you know you think that's less experience that maybe everyone's obviously so comfortable at a poker table I, I think the best players are laid back. That's why they are the best players. Right, like, okay. Yeah. And uh, how, how, do you, how do you find the scene, though? Obviously, it's exploded over the last few years, the amount of huge blind events that are around the world. How, how do you see that progressing? Is that something you think sustainable? I mean, uh, you're up close and personal on these fields. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the high roller scene has grown so much, but the poker world in general has grown. And uh, I think the live poker scene will be a lot uh, will be on for for a long while. And I think also now is like a kind of like a second second summer coming for poker. Uh, so many good developments are happening all around the world. You know, I I mean, party poker of course is making a great contribution to that. But not only that, you know, legislations are changing to the better. Uh, projects are financed like all around the world. So. If you are like a mid-stakes, low-stakes player, like your time is now, yeah, it's time to put some work in. And uh, or if you're like a creational player who is like almost good enough to become a pro, I think now is a good time to give it a shot. It's never been so easy for the high rollers. It's never been so good as well. Like the high buy-in tournaments are getting better and better, more and more. But with that, with the volume. <laughs> Also, the level of play increases like much faster on the higher stakes because it's you get more money, more, <laughs> more interest, you know. Yeah. So it's not good for me. These guys are working hard, and I have problems to keep up. Uh, really, and, you know. Well, that's what I was say. Like, how, how do you find that when you're playing all these events? Everyone's working so hard to figure each other out and counter strategies and stuff. How? How quickly do the, does the game change in the super high rollers? Yeah, let's say I'm the best. Let's say uh, I would be the best player in the world now by like a little bit. And then I don't play for six months. Mm -hmm. No zero hands. And I don't look at any strategy or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you come, you come back. And then again. I come back. Then I would probably be like maybe number 20. Wow. It's, that, it's happening that quickly, huh? Maybe 15. 15 is my official <laughs> That's your answer. guess, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's say you are like the top thousand, you know, then you wait uh, half a year, then you... You just dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you can go on the lowest stakes. But of, but of course, you know, that's uh, you can study and try and catch back up again. But still, like, if you compare it to, okay... Which how much work you have to put in to make like a five thousand dollar income in a in a month? Yeah, that would be like after university if you have a great job, right? Five k is like a great job. Mm -hmm. So you study for university six years. If you study poker for six years, I promise you, you make more than five thousand <laughs> a month. You know, it's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so people are kind of like taking excuses you know and like uh, believing it's so difficult you know it's also a belief you know it's so difficult is a misbelief that you people like to carry around you know and once they like started to win they're like oh it's not oh it's not so difficult yeah it's a very valid point i guess it stems maybe from poker sort of 10 15 years ago when people didn't study at all right so 
Yeah. The thought of studying is like, oh, you have to study so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the people who are complaining it's so tough. It's these people who had it so easy, you yeah. know? And like, um, they're not coming from another area, you know? If like a the stocks trader would come into the poker world, he would be like, wow, why is nobody trying to get any money here? <laughs> 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 we just get used to the, the, the status like so quickly, you know? Like, oh, it's easy to make money. It's so tough to keep up, you know, and that was that was my problem, and I was a very good, you know, like world class, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna play, you know, and then it took me a long while to realize I'm not world class anymore, and to keep up, and then it was so difficult. Oh my god, studying, like I never had to do this, you know, like yeah, it's a tough change, you know. But was it is it was that something you you did enjoy and do enjoy now when you when you study away from the game as well? Is that something you enjoy doing or? At times, but uh, yeah, there's the thing with the discipline yes, again, like how much discipline say. you yeah. want to put for that or how much it should come natural. I like a little bit comes natural to me and then the rest I, w I, I would have to force it, you know, so I force it a little bit here and there, you know, I try to add some things. But same again, you know, what we said earlier, that it's a way to force, poker forces you to grow. Right, okay. Yeah? So, so you figured it out how to get to a certain level, but it doesn't stop there, you know, because they catch up. So you have to get to the next level. And as everything, what got you to the first level won't get you to the second level, won't get you to the third level. So what worked for you earlier on won't work you know so try to find some try to try it a different way right and you feel obviously that that desire to study is part of the growth that you need right to continue to be yeah one yeah, of the best yeah. yeah what's the best thing you've accomplished in poker would you say uh, actually at the tables like your career highlight is there anything you you felt was the best thing you've done is there any standout achievement i don't know i'm not so kind of like proud on also, I don't have these uh, regrets when something goes wrong, you know, so uh, I don't think about the past too much, you know, okay. my, my problem in thinking is more about the future, you know, <laughs> but the past is like, uh, I have very little problems, but, uh, so not so proud on anything, basically. Okay, but that's a, again, it's a very, uh, that's a very good mindset to have for poker, yeah. like, to have that I'm freedom. I'm more like thankful for what happened to me, it's like, I don't know, I got into a ride, you know, like... I didn't plan on anything of that, you know, uh, and it was fun. Like, I, it, it, it was so much fun to do it, and, and then it happened. Well, how, how did it stop you? How did you get into poker? What was the... Yeah, I got into poker um, by introduced by my uh, one of my best friends still. So I was like 17, maybe 18, something around that time. And uh, he told me about the strategy. You can have a strategy and just win. And they give you free money as well. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that had been the early days of online poker. And yeah, as you say, there was, it was very aggressive signing players up to poker sites, right? So you could basically start with nothing. We hear all these stories about people who built up their bankrolls from nothing. But yeah. it was very possible No, but it's then. still possible. You still get on poker strategy. You get $50 for free. And uh, they teach you strategy and you can uh, start to play. Now, uh, obviously, we have a few big party poker live events coming up. We're here in Sochi. We're talking about the UK event coming up and Baja Mar, of course. But I wanted to test your knowledge a little bit about some of the locations we're going to. So I have just three quick questions for you here. The Bahamas have a beach which is famous for which type of creatures that swim there? Snakes, dogs or pigs? Now, you've been to the Bahamas a number of times in the past. So I take the pigs. 
It, it is. It is in fact the pigs. Big major K or Pig Beach. Uh, big Beach. Ah, never win. Yeah, that sounds funny. Yeah. Which venue on the Party Poker Live Tour features over seven hundred caves under its streets? It must be Bahamas too, no? Is there caves? <laughs> is there caves on the Bahamas, guys? <laughs> it it is not. Uh, it might surprise you to know it's Nottingham. Nottingham. There you go. Oh. Caves under the streets. Oh, dark caves. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, I assume you've you've played Dust or Dawn and stuff before, but you perhaps didn't go in the caves. Yeah, so. but I checked out the Robin Hood castle. That was cool. You know? Yeah, that was that was that was interesting. You know, it's kind of a fun place. I liked the Robin Hood story too. You know, maybe I, I put that <laughs> into my charity. You know, scam some scam some rich people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and uh, another one. In which part of the world is beer officially considered as a food? Spain. It is, it is actually in Bavaria. There you go. In Bavaria? Yeah. Talking of the Party Poker Live events, what is it you think that draws not just yourself but other players to them? What sets them apart from perhaps other tours? I think it's like people love experience, you know, they love in intense experience, you know, and emotions and all these things. And there's a lot of them happening, you know, you go in the poker room, it's like every five minutes, every five minutes, someone is getting really emotional, happy, unhappy, uh, whatever it is. And around the poker tournaments, there's so much happening, you know, like friendships, you know, parties, like things going on, you know. That's the cool thing, you know, like, and why the business is successful, because it creates an experience for people, you know. I want to fire a few quick questions at you in a little segment we call Feeling Flush. So, Phil, obviously you're talking about your nutrition and stuff, but what's your worst ever cooking fail? <laughs> Tell me your biggest kitchen disaster. Hey guys, it's funny. Like I, I think I'm the person who ha has cooked the least in his <laughs> life, and all. Like I don't know, maybe some uh, some king of <laughs> of some country, but I have literally never cooked, and uh, I can make the breakfast. <laughs> so maybe burning toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burning toast. All right. Uh, what's the best song ever released? My favorite song. I have this new song now that I, I love so much. Uh, it's like the most relaxing, like kind of instrumental uh, beat that I've heard. It's good for poker, good for anything you want to do. Okay, obviously, you know, poker players tend to be gamblers, but I don't know if, if you are, even if you are a big gambler away from the poker table, but is, is there anything that you would never bet on? I like really to bet on like challenges, you know, uh, bet against each other, like play a small ga small game and play uh, and bet money on it. It comes down again to this uh, thing with the uh, importance, yeah. Yeah. So anything we give the right importance to becomes fun. So if you play, we play a game and we don't care, you know, it's no fun. So we put a little bit of money, like the right amount that we both care, you know, yeah. then it's then it's super fun, you know. Uh, all right then, and uh, the last question in feeling flush: If you could pick three famous people, living or or deceased, uh, but non-poker players, that you'd like to share a poker table with, <laughs> who, who would be your dream four-handed game? Oh, what minds would you like to tap into? Oh, my my favorite four-handed game, yeah, I would for sure be one of the famous gurus of the the times right now. You know, I would really like to see like about how they could read me you know like they're emotionally like very in tune you know with themselves and with other people and 
it almost seems like when people ask questions to them that they can read the mind, you know, and tune in like so quick. I wonder how good they could tune in to, to me, you know. <laughs> uh, that would be very interesting, you know. That would be very, very interesting. So you'd have someone like that on the table and then who are the, who are the other two <laughs> seats? Who are you putting in there? The other two seats, maybe like a, a president of some state. Uh, I'd like to play with Trump even, yeah. you know, like see... See how he tries to figure it out, you know. Maybe that would be interesting, or maybe like another. Um, uh, maybe I hear Bill Clinton is such an interesting character, you know. Like maybe this this guy would be. Uh, That'd be kind of fun. Interesting. It's yeah. interesting you, you say Trump because it'd be kind of interesting to get that. Yeah, it would be more fun entertainment for me. For me, it's like <laughs> massive entertainment. You know? <laughs> it'd be interesting, yeah. But you could you. Yeah. And I could also try. I would really try to brainwash him a little bit. You know? <laughs> I have my tricks, you know, and I'm really good at that, you know. So maybe I could have a nice impact, you know. You could do some it would be rack charity and time I'm much more effective than rack charity could ever be. Exactly. If I just make a little bit sense, put a little bit of sense to this guy. Especially we have Trump and the guru, you know. So yeah, oh, get them going. Oh, they get them going. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is for this. This is dream table. Is changing the world for good. Yeah. Most, but you know, <laughs> most people would just two people that like to meet. You, you figured out a way that you're going to have the most impact on the world from playing a four-handed poker game. Yeah. Okay, well, Phil, um, I know you, you obviously have to get off and get back to your day two, so we're going to wish you the best of luck. <laughs> All right, peace out. Time's up for this episode. We've got some fantastic guests lined up in the coming weeks, so make sure you don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. For now, though, I'm James Dempsey, and this has been The Poker Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>